0: Of Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 296 of Essential and his favorite podcast, Jeremiah Morrill. Today I am joined by executive video audio producer, engineer, uh, soundboard model, uh, a man that has run 468 days in a row of at least one mile, Mr. Zachary Burcham. Good evening. Uh, and my, I, it was, was
1: nice. for anybody, Behind the scenes, that came up because of my ibuprofen usage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> he was admitting to <laughs> his, doesn't come without costs. He, he was admitting to his drug his drug problem with ibuprofen. Uh, and uh, our co-host tonight is Mr. Bash Davis. Uh, I'm, we're going to give you his name. I mean, you don't Bash isn't even your real name. So I'm why da- the hell we give you? I'm Dakota's brother, Bash. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Bash. I've
2: appeared here as Bash Kreider in the past, but tonight, since I am Dakota
0: but less <laughs> here I am. <laughs> what, what do we have planned tonight? Bash Davis. Uh, today's episode. Is all that the
2: cue card said, but McKinley. <laughs> <laughs> we got McKinley Brown tonight, right? <laughs> McKinley is here. <laughs> I'm here. She is. Uh, she did the American Idol circuit, and she is from here in town. And you've, you've probably seen her. You've probably seen her dad, Mike. And uh, they're going to tell us the story.
0: Sadly, she's here with us and not uh, down on Manhattan Beach in L.A. still.
3: Yeah, but it's okay. Um, I'll take what I can get. She, <laughs> could,
0: she, she could be doing a lot better
2: than than <laughs> this show with one of the hosts replaced by me. But
1: <laughs> That's the first time I've ever seen Bash at a shortage for words (laughs) in
0: my life. And I've known him since the 80s. I appreciate deep in the 80s. Thank you. This shows about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Like today when we renamed Bash and he did not know how to handle it. (laughs) <laughs> all right, Mr. Bash Kreider. This is your little commercial on the top of the up top of the show. You belong to. I'm going to get this right. I wrote it down. Hayes, Copenhagen, Kreider, Harvey, and Davis. Uh, and Dakota Davis has recently joined our
2: law firm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Davis is everywhere. Thought you all traded jobs. That's right. I'm an estate planning attorney, and I agreed to be on this show in exchange for this very plug. And at least two to three Miller lights. Do you need a will? Did you recently die? Call me. Thanks.
1: Uh, On Facebook, though. You can't find them on Facebook.
0: (laughs) Get out the yellow pages. If you're of that age, you know what they are. Yeah. Uh, In all all seriousness, Bash did a lovely job preparing my will, my living will, and my, uh, I think, as my wife calls it, my revocable trust.
2: Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, I I do estate planning and administration, wills, trusts, deeds, etc. Most recently, I've had a rash of people come in um, of varying ages, and each one at the end has said, uh, "I I am surprised how easy that was." So that's kind of the thing that's been on my mind, and that I would like to convey is it's not a morbid conversation. I don't I don't know why it is perceived that way, but especially the, the younger you are, the easier it is to talk about. I wouldn't ever call it fun, but it is really nice to know that your stuff is in order.
0: I don't know. I mean, the part where we took out the, um, <clears throat> the roulette board and spun it, Uh, to decide who was going to get my stuff. I thought was a great addition. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, we try to make it fun, Yeah, you know, and then when we use the Ouija board to talk to, talk to all your dead ancestors and figure out where your money should go, that was rough too. But in general, (laughs) the, the actual estate planning process, um, the, basically the sooner that you're on top of it, the easier it is, the faster it is. And the simpler it is, you know, it, it doesn't take much to protect your family. Um and it it's it's all that I do. Like I'm very happy not to handle your criminal case. But <laughs> I I will very happily help you make the plans that will keep your children safe, keep your your heirs safe and just make you sleep better. Once
0: that. we elected that new prosecutor and that new sheriff, crime ended and you had to move into other territories. Well,
2: I mean, if there's if there's anything wrong with now elected prosecutor Michael J. Mahoney. It's that he is just
1: too vigorous about justice. So you're telling me if I'm in the clink, you're not my one call.
2: (laughs) Not anymore,
1: buddy.
0: He'll call. He'll call Sean. If you get
2: shot, call me and I'll set it up. (laughs) But no, if you go to jail, I don't do criminal law anymore. I used to, and not to make light of that. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's, let's move on. (laughs) Uh, How many people watch this? Oh, Hundreds. (laughs) Um, I, and I'm going to be very impressed if it turns into a lead tonight for you <laughs> with that performance, we do have to say thank you to the patrons that do make this show happen. We, we do it, did a nice 15, 20 minutes for them earlier, uh, earlier as we were telling, uh, we, we were trying to figure out what to do for episode 300. If you want to be a part of that, uh, jump on patreon.com slash ball soccer liberty and join at any level. Uh if you donate fifty dollars or more a month to the cause, we do mention you at the top of every episode. Uh those folks include Christy Avery of Wonderful Fort Wayne, Indiana, Jonathan Phillips of Andy Moore Buick GMC, also running for city council here in town. Uh he'll be on your fall ballot, and Anthony Meyer. Um all right. Uh if you want some merch, you can message Dakota Audrey or myself, and we can make up some custom ballsaw liberty merch for you as well. Let's uh let's cut to the chase here. McKinley? All right. Welcome.
3: Thank you very much.
0: Glad you're here. Me too. And it's also sad that you're here so soon. Yeah. So you've captivated Newcastle and Henry and I might say all of Henry County in Central Indiana. Uh with your story, you have just gotten back from appearing on our televisions. Yes. So what uh how does that happen?
3: Uh so it kind of um this whole the whole experience has just been surreal. But uh, um, the way that I ended up, so I grew up watching American Idol, and so it's I've been always, on
0: literally your entire life. Yeah,
3: no, actually, actually, since before I was born. And, yeah. um,
0: what, we, you've watched Ryan Seacrest age before your eyes.
3: I have actually. Funny or story. Not so,
1: age.
3: So, <laughs> so, so on American Idol, I actually I got to have a mentor um, in L.A. during Hollywood Week, and um, his name's Justin Greeney. And um, he's amazing, but I walked in the room, and I just had no idea who he was because he was on the sh- very first season of the show, and I was not alive. So <laughs> that was an awkward what, moment. What does his
0: hair look like now? Because at the time, I believe he had a bit of a perm.
3: Yeah, it, it does It does not look like that anymore. It's all off. But now, when I saw pictures of him with hair, I knew who he was. When I walked in the room, I was like, mm. I just had to pretend. I was like, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> oh, you went, you learned how to be in Hollywood very quickly. I did. I did. That's awesome. And you brought your guitar player with you tonight.
3: I did. My amazing dad came along with his guitar.
0: Welcome. Nice. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Mr. Glad amazing. Here. That's what we're told. <laughs> well, it depends on Sometimes. what comments you read.
3: Depends.
0: <laughs> All right. So, uh,
3: i to fight some people in the comments. You are,
0: you are a high schooler here in here in Newcastle still.
3: Yes, I am. I'm a junior.
0: I said uh, days like today, and with what's going on, I would have a serious case of senioritis before we started. And you reminded me that you have an entire other year to go. Oh yeah,
3: mm-hmm. an entire other year of school while I'm doing all this. So I'm basically living the life of Hannah Montana, if <laughs> if you may.
0: awesome except you're not on the Disney channel you brought your own you brought your own TV crew
3: I did I brought my own TV crew Aaron over here
0: That's awesome I think this is maybe the third time we've had somebody come in with their own camera crew
3: Wow Yeah
0: so you are in I mean you're on the podium instantaneously so I'm
3: not the first <laughs> You're not the first No it's, it's happened before Well that's good to know It's happened before All
0: right so tell us how do how do you decide I'm going to apply to get on one of these TV shows and where do you even go How does this how does that process work
3: So, the whole process, um, I didn't expect the process to be like what it is, but um, actually, on the way to our family vacation this year, uh, we go to Destin, Florida every year. Oh,
0: I was going to guess Myrtle Beach.
3: And nope, (laughs) close. Uh, Destin, Florida.
0: I don't think it's close, babe.
3: (laughs) Not close.
4: One more year of school.
3: (laughs) Beach. Same ocean, Mike. (laughs) All right. All right. Can I talk now, Dad? Yes. Mm, Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna the go. smart one of the family. All right. So, Destin, Florida, on our way there, um I I had like seen auditions and stuff. Like I knew that it was happening. I don't really know if my parents did yet. And I was just sitting in the back of my car and um, I was just thinking about it and praying about auditioning and whatever. And um, about 5 minutes after that, my mom like looked up from her phone and she was like, "Hey, um, American Idol auditions are coming up. Do you want to audition? Yada, yada, yada. As
0: any family has this conversation yeah, as, in the car on their way yeah, to Florida. It's just
3: everybody does. Um, just normal family conversation about trying out. So, um, we were like, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's, let's try it. Let's just see where it goes. Um, so we, I went to Florida and for the first time in Florida, I, um, did karaoke. So that was the first time I'd actually sang anywhere except my church or in a school choir. Um, so I did that, and what was uh, the
0: go-to karaoke song?
3: What did I do? Oh, to make you feel my love, by Adele.
0: Oh, damn it! I was going to say by Bob Dylan.
3: But we okay. we also did we also she did fish in the Dark. just now knows that
0: it's by Bob Dylan. Uh, but believe it or not, uh, that uh, the Garth Brooks version is what my wife and I had our first dance to.
3: Wow! Yeah, interesting. But um,
0: bit of a cover for him, but you know. <laughs> so you did to make me feel my love. Yes,
3: did to make you feel my love. And, um, that's when I was like, like I went up to mom after that and I was like, okay, I think I really do want to try out like 100%. So, um, she s- just signed me up and, um, they basically just tell you when your auditions zoom, cause it's over zoom used to, they used to, everybody used to line up and they used to make you wait in line for hours and hours yeah. just to get through.
0: And you had to hope it came to your town, right? Yeah. Now, now yeah. This- Post-COVID era, all mm-hmm. of a sudden the world's opened up and you can, you can get noticed. So now it's easy. It, um, well, is that better or worse? Like what kind of microphone were you
2: singing into as you're praying that they hear the quality of your voice?
3: I didn't use a microphone. iPhone. Yeah, an iPhone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Some people use microphones, but um, I I did not. So, oh.
0: Just the straight up Apple mic. Just
2: the straight up Apple mic. None, none of these fancy mics.
3: No, not, not like these. Just Just Apple. Wow. And, um, so I auditioned and, um, over Zoom. And then about a week later, I had a casting agent from an American Idol casting agent reach out to me because I'd posted um, a few videos on Instagram of me singing. And your mom, mom
0: did. You what? and your yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Your people did.
3: And so, yeah, my, my momager. That's what she likes to call momager. herself. <laughs> But um so she posted a video of me singing, have you ever seen the rain? And um, a casting agent reached out to me and um, basically helped me through the rest of the zoom rounds. So there's like four or five, Zoom right? There's like, okay, there's five zoom rounds ish somewhere in that number um, that you have to go through before you even get to the actual judges. So I had to go through um, like a bunch of lines of producers um, to even get to Katie, Luke and Lionel. So all like So where were
0: they? Was that in California or Tennessee or where were they um, at?
3: So there were three different audition cities. So Las Vegas, New Orleans, and Nashville. I got to go to Nashville and that's where I auditioned. And that whole process is completely different. But um all the zooms, like it didn't feel like it was just so surreal, like it didn't really feel like it was actually happening um until I was actually in Nashville and then I was like, Whoa, okay, Mm -hmm. this is this is actually going somewhere.
2: Was that the uh The video that we've all seen, was that the
0: Nashville audition?
3: Yes. 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 Yep. That was a Nashville audition and that was crazy in itself.
0: So how many people go get to that point? Right. I know you went to Hollywood and there's only, is it 50 people that make it to Hollywood? Is that, is that, Oh no, 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 no.
3: There's like a a little under 200 people. Oh, wow. So So there was 160. Okay. So there was 160 this time in in Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, but before, so in each audition city, so there's three. So each audition city probably has about a hundred people. And, um,
4: Nashville had almost 130.
3: Yeah. Nashville had almost 130. See, he knows all this. So it's not almost
2: a
4: hundred people. I mean, y-
2: you cut this down from like 700, 250,000. Yeah. Is how it starts out <laughs> from 250,000 mm-hmm. zoom calls. Auditions. Yeah. Let, let's not sell this short. And then three, this is, this is an incredible, insane achievement. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Um, so after all the zoom calls, which are difficult to get through, if you, especially if you don't have a casting agent, um, but I was lucky enough to have one who helped me through them all. Um, but in each audition city, there was a hundred people. So, um, narrowing down from the 2000 to 250,000. Is that what you said? Um, you get to 300 and then about, so 160 made it to Hollywood week. So, 160 got golden tickets and then um after the second round or after the first round of hollywood week it was cut down to a hundred i want to say and then um after duets it was 48 48 it was 48 50 somewhere in there and then after that it was top 24 so it goes so fast
0: and when did that timeline happen so the when you actually got to go to Hollywood when what, what when was that
3: so I went to Hollywood all the way back in December yeah so I was in I was in LA I've known the results from yeah. everything um, for a long time and have had to
0: you've been able to hidden. emotionally process it the rest of the town is just yeah. now catching up yeah so
3: when I saw on TV I wasn't an emotional wreck so I was <laughs> oh. fine
2: so you're getting you're getting like congratulations. And apology calls yeah. <laughs> months after everything. I know. Is yes. Known.
3: So all these people from December to um, last week are like, you're going to win the show. You're going to win the show. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to win. Oh, you, you could
4: even get online and there was a lot of um, like the idle spoiler reviews and they all had her in the top 24.
3: They all wow. said they were all like, "Yeah, McKinley Brown's in Hawaii," and I'm like, "No." I'm now wait, there.
4: there's a reason they said that because your mom was like, "I need to make them think she's in Hawaii." Oh. So when they started
3: getting, when my the, mom she, controls. All, uh, my I do I post stuff on social media, but she I I hate posting on social media, <laughs> so my mom does almost yeah. almost so, all of it.
4: So she goes, McKinley, you need to put pictures, Florida pictures, on your instagram and tiktok so she did and then all of a sudden everybody thought mckinley brown's in hawaii well i well i
3: actually said mom you do that because i don't want to so she posted them and and everybody thought i was in hawaii but i wasn't
0: (laughs) so what kind of uh i I assume you're 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 sworn to absolute secrecy as to what has happened and you have to just smile and nod and and wait on the show to play out yeah to a degree
3: yeah to, to a degree to a degree, I can I can talk about things like on I can talk about um, like the songs I've sang and for most for the most part I can share a lot of my journey.
0: Right, There's not but really I'm saying between time. between the time you went to L. A. and when you when it aired, I assume you had to you had to keep it all close to the vest at that point.
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: They they really dictate to a degree what you can say and not say. After the filming, because they want to help control the narrative,
3: like they yep. send sent huge emails on what I couldn't post and what I could post and what not to do and what to do. So, yeah, right. I was
0: so so. There was an, a bit of emotional connection as well. So you got at, at six minutes on ABC, I think, between your you got introduced, you told your story, mm-hmm. and then y- your entire performance got to, got to air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us tell us what that process was like.
3: Um, like the filming process and all of that.
0: Yeah. And just like, I assume the producers had screened you to say, Hey, what do we need to know about you? How do we, how do, what's your, what's your story? Right.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, um, when we got to Nashville, um, the worst part of it was, so you don't audition the first day you get to Nashville. You have to wait there and in all that whole process, you're filming and you're doing B roll and you're doing pictures and you're sharing your story and interviews and interviews. And so the entire time you're there which can be up to a week you have to wear the same outfit <laughs> the same outfit i had to do my hair the same exact way do my makeup the same way every day it was awful um
0: did you put a lot of thought into being comfortable for that I, week? Did.
3: I did i did i did um and actually so i was actually going to change I was not going to wear the outfit that i had on but they had called me um to the other opposite hotel where i had to do filming they were like you have to go now I was like, great. So now I look like this and I'm wearing a bright yellow cardigan and bright blue pants. So we'll just see how this goes. And I just had to roll with it for the whole rest of the week. So
2: they're selling the idea that this all happened in a 20-minute stretch. Yeah. You you did an interview. You did another interview. Yeah, you but performed. Really... You did another interview and it's done.
3: Yeah. Like some, like once some days, um, since there was a hundred and what, thirty, hundred and thirty people there, they had to get everybody in. Cause they don't know at that point who's going to air and who's not. So everybody had the same, almost the same amount of filming time. And, um, so they had to get all of us in and some people were there for five days. Some people there were there for, how long was I there? Probably a week. We were there
4: eight days, seven days or eight days.
3: Yeah. We were, we were there for a while. Cause I, I ended up getting, so I auditioned on, um, the no. second to last audition day and, um, no, it was no the, I was the last, the last so we the I auditioned on the very last day. And, um, so because I was there, they had asked me, they were like, Hey, will you stay, um, a few extra days for, um, like some extra filming and like intro stuff and introduction Cause because I was already you were there top 12 and I was top don't 12 in Nashville. so I said, well, I don't want to brag but um okay i will this is the place to do it <laughs> yeah. well i was i was supposedly top 12 in nashville um, out of all the talent so i stayed and had to wear the same outfit for a whole three <laughs> extra days and i was actually supposed to your reward um yeah my reward but the the filming process is very long and interviews like what you see on tv is like two seconds like everything i said um could have been from like 20 different interviews um So there's a lot of them and each of them can be an hour to two hours long. Um So you're doing a lot of um, talking and you're doing a lot of repeating the same things over and over and over and over again. So um but when the story all comes together, like the way that they put my story, I could not have done it. I could not have done it any better. I just it's everything that I wanted to come across and the way that I wanted to come across is how it happened. So I'm just really thankful for that.
0: Very good. For the the folks watching the live stream real quick, I I think we do have a small equipment issue, so I know that there's some a little bit of trouble with the audio quality coming through on the live stream, but you will be able to listen to it on podcast form, and there's a separate piece of audio equipment picking that up, so that will be crystal clear. So even though you may not be able to hear it right now on the live stream, I promise that uh, tonight once we get it edited, the podcast that comes out will be just fine.
2: Uh, Jeremiah, they didn't hear anything you just
4: said. (laughs) thanks (laughs) smash um i I just wanted to to piggyback on what she said because one of the questions that we have got gotten and one of the things that i've always wondered is when you get there and then when you see everything (laughs) on tv the two things are are these stories really real and well they're telling you to say certain things so from our experience what i've seen is almost every story that is put out there is true. Now, there's a couple that are a little Tweet. exact tweaked <laughs> or, or not certain things are addressed, but like they did, like for her story, they went in, they wanted uh, doctor visits, doctor notes, pictures, like they, they extensively look into make sure number one, your story is correct. And when we filmed and when we were in the green room and there was two camera crews and we watched everybody else be filmed so you would sit and listen there was no coaching on what to say like they didn't tell you you should say this to make the story better now sometimes with parents they would encourage them to talk a little more because a lot of times the parents would get scared and sometimes the kids even like in front of the camera or some parents Maybe like me would say too much, so then they would kind of redirect that. But there was, there was no coaching on what to say, what not to say. It, it was none of it was was fabricated.
3: Yeah, and uh, so um, especially during duet rounds, um, American Idol, like a bunch of people are saying, "Oh, this is so staged. This is this is fake. Like this isn't real." And I've replied to a few of the comments, but. Um, not, not meanly, of course, but, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of them have said like, oh, this duet is staged." like this, this was staged. but genuinely we were all sitting the audience in the audience, like with our mouths dropped, like the one with the guys with their phones out. That was, that was real. It was very much, it was very real. And then the girl, one of the girls ran off stage and left her partner alone. That was insanely emotional for everybody and like it it just and i i even personally thought I was whenever like watching the show i'm like oh that has to be staged but really it's really not the only thing that is fake or staged is the b roll where you see me and i'm standing and i'm like looking off into the <laughs> distance whittling my thumbs or playing with my ring but that's really the only thing that's like but that, that's just the tv part that's not the emotional
0: they just need something to for transitions
3: yeah yeah
0: all right so tell us Tell us the story or for the listeners that maybe didn't catch the, catch American Idol and they're going to go back and, and, and check into the story now because they listen to the show. You battled through middle school. You, you battled some anorexia and bullying and, and a number of different things.
3: Yeah. Um, so during, um, so all through my elementary school years, I had a lot of friends and, um, I, I knew who I was and, um, I knew what I wanted to be and all, all those things. I was very confident in who I was. Um, I had my own style, yada, yada, yada. And, um, I, I get into middle school and my seventh grade year is good. Um, and then my eighth grade year, um, I, I had my own style. And I, when you're in middle school, I feel like everybody's kind of trying to figure out who they are anyway. So, um, everybody's kind of in an insecure state. And so, um, I feel like a lot of hurt people hurt people. And I was very, um, I, I was very confident going into eighth grade um, and I had my own style and um, I wore uh, different shoes than anybody else wore and I didn't wear leggings and sweatshirts to school every day, which, which isn't an issue, but I just didn't and everybody else did. So it was like, I automatically stood out and um, so I started like, it started very slowly. Like, like my friends would just be like, why are you wearing that? And like, we'd laugh and, then it just like progressively got worse and um, I got made fun of for like things that I can't change. Like my nose is big and, and my ears are big, which I get from my grandma. So I,
4: I <laughs> hope I, you're listening, Lisa. I,
3: I hope you are too. But um, so, like, I like things that I just couldn't change.
0: Was it this nose they were talking about? Cause
3: yeah, I don't see it. This nose. It, is, yeah. it is a little big from the side. <laughs> I, I know it is, but you know, it's all right. But, um, so yeah, I would just get made fun of for things that I couldn't change and e- just who I was as a person, um, like things that I believed in, and I was told that I couldn't sing good, which is quite funny now, <laughs> back, but, uh,
0: That's uh, Some Toby Keith stuff. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. not that I'm bragging, That's a rough but criticism I right
3: there. was on American <laughs> Idol. Little pitchy dog. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, <sighs> So I just would get made fun of for all that stuff and um one of the biggest things I was made fun of for is um being overweight because I I was I was definitely chunky. And um so uh being in that stage of like I don't want to say being attacked but being um just brought pulled down all the time. I just, you know, started believing the things that um people said about me and I just let myself uh get caught up in it all and i started to not eat and like i was eating like 300 calories a day maybe and like i was in volleyball and i was um in this volleyball league and we would run for like ever and i like, I wouldn't even drink water it was so bad it was it was horrible um and like so i ended up going homeschooled so there there came a point where i wasn't even hearing things that people were saying about me anymore it was my own mindset you internalized it all yeah yeah i internalized it all and um my own mindset which just got caught up in it all. And, um, it was, it was like, it was almost like a game. I don't really know how to explain it. Like I would step on the scale and I would see a number and I'd be like, Oh, I want to be by, I want to be this number by uh, next week. Or I want to be this number by Friday. And, um, so it was just a horrible mental, um, and physical issue. It became very physical. And I was, um, I went to the hospitals a lot. I was in and out of hospitals, um, trying to figure out what was wrong. Cause My parents had thought that I was, um,
0: they just see you dropping weight.
3: Yeah. So they thought that I wasn't eating because I was sick, but in reality I was sick because I wasn't eating. Yeah. And so, um, I, I mean, obviously I didn't openly tell them, oh, I'm anorexic and well, because I didn't even know, like I didn't really, I didn't really realize I was only 13, 14.
2: What clued you into that? I mean, when you're stuck between I can't tell my friends because I'm trying to do this in order to to gain equality with them, I can't tell my parents because this isn't a thing. I'm just yeah. I'm just a normal yeah. kid. How did you manage to recognize, wait a minute, I'm not in a good place
3: uh, so hospital trips um, was the big thing that um, helped me realize that. Um, so being in and out of hospitals all the time. Um, one day I, um, the one day I finally went to the doctor and one of the doctors was like, you're going to die if you don't eat and we're going to put you, um, on, you're going to have a feeding tube and you're going to be hospitalized. And, um, I, I when somebody looks you in the eye and tells you that you're going to die, it's
4: the scared straight. yeah, moment. yeah. It's definitely not
3: the best feeling. It's like, it was like an immediate click in my, in my mind that was like, okay, this is wrong and I am doing something wrong. And so, um. Like it got to a point so bad. One time I was in the hospital. This is just one of my worst memories from this time. Um, I was getting blood drawn um, because we were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I was so dehydrated and just hadn't eaten anything. I had no veins in my arms. So um, they had like stuck me, stuck me with a needle like five times in both arms and then in my hands too. And um, so I, my hands were so cold. They had to like get, um like hot like gloves like doctor's gloves and fill them up with hot water and, like sit them under my hand and um like nothing was working so they finally um had to take one of the pricks that you use to like test your sugar and they um stuck it into my hand and just had to scoop for like 3 hours i had to sit in the hospital and so that was also one of the moments where i was like this is not like this is not okay and so um after um i had a doctor tell me you know um, you're gonna die and you're gonna have to be hospitalized i um I started walking through the healing journey with my parents, and we all had finally like accepted it and weren't in denial anymore about what i had done and um so I started walking through the healing journey and um i mean now i'm here so and I'm a lot healthier i'm way healthier
0: so in what how long did it take you to to go from that point in the hospital to Feeling okay again? Like uh, that you were out on the other side?
3: Um, I would say genuinely, probably
0: Nashville.
3: Probably Nashville, like whenever I was auditioning for yeah. American Idol. Um, this is a big or, part of
0: your healing process. Yes,
3: too. yes, it, it really, it really was. It Were was you
2: a, getting any other help at the time? Did you have a counselor
3: or anything? Um, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't do. I, I actually refused. My my parents wanted me to have a counselor, and, mm-hmm. but I was just so closed off from everything that I was like, it, "You're going to pay, and I'm going to sit there and say nothing." So, I mean, I, I didn't have one. I do now, thank the Lord. But, um,
2: so uh, talk about that, please.
3: So, I mean, in
2: retrospect, having because I think that's a very common thing. Yeah. As soon as someone recommends a counselor, it really is normally like either I don't have a problem or mm-hmm. I don't need some asshole who does not know me. Yeah. To I'm not about to lie yeah. down in front of somebody yeah. and have them just judge me and then I'll just take their advice. Yeah. What, what was that like when it was suggested and what was that like when you embraced it?
3: So, um, uh, so this is, I just started counseling a few months ago and, um, with this great guy, um, he's amazing and I do love him so much and I'm so thankful that, you know, I finally opened up and
4: thank um, you, Mark, if you're yeah, listening. Yeah.
3: Thank you, Mark. But, um, I'm so glad that, um, I let it happen. Um, but my, I didn't really know that it was happening actually. I think it was probably the day before I had a counseling session and my mom's like, you have a counseling session. It's like. <laughs> Great. And I, and I still, at that point, I was like, I'm not talking like I'm not. And so she was like, well, you're going to, cause I've already paid for it. So you're going to sit there and you're going to talk.
2: Thanks mom.
3: And yeah, thanks mom. Um, so actually the first, the first counseling, um, session I had, um, for the first like 30 minutes, I just sat there in silence and I made my mom stay in the room with me and she talked to the guy the whole time. And I was just like, it was like, I, I was like talking to a wall.
0: Like Stubborn was going to win. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, uh, then, um, he, he said something. So he's all about the, um, Enneagram and he studies it and, um, does all that. And, um, so he was talking about like how I am as a person. And, um, he was like trying, he was understanding basically. And, um, when you have someone and there's somebody who doesn't have an emotional connection to you and they can just sit and listen and they're not giving you a biased opinion, um, like my mother or my father would. Um, which I tell I tell them a lot of things, but it is hard when you have an emotional connection with somebody to talk to about like deeper things. Um, so when I realized that he actually genuinely did care and it didn't have to be an emotional connection or he didn't have to be my best friend or somebody I hung out with every day, um, it honestly just felt refreshing to be able to talk and open up more about Things and I I needed it because um, I started counseling after I had shared my story on American Idol. So my audition hadn't aired yet, but I started after I had shared it. And I was like, well, I should probably
4: start to process. Yeah, I should probably
3: start to process it if it's going to be.
4: Well, and there's, I think there's, from a parental standpoint, you can sometimes be too pushy. And I think the process sometimes takes longer than what we want it to. So while she even talked to us and opened up about it, and then she would communicate more and we tried to work through it, you get into where, um, hopefully she won't get mad at me if I say this, but you, we started with medicine. So we went to just a normal doctor and are you
3: saying you you don't want me to get mad at it?
4: Oh yeah. I'm telling everybody that you're on medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I am too. It works. (laughs) They can. <laughs> but but yeah, you. I, I think you have to – every kid or every person can be different. So I think for us what worked was building our connection back to where we could talk and then getting her to a doctor and then the doctor suggesting some medication and then working through the medication part because what anorexia does to your body affects your mind and your body. And if you're a teenage girl – I think what most people don't understand is how screwed up your body can get, but how long it takes your body to actually get back to where it should be. Is it's my
3: body is still it, it's, it's still regulating different things. Yeah, I so, still have unbalances that and, I have to have medicine for.
2: Yeah, Mike, how how did you navigate? It's very easy for older generations. To look at younger generation, especially while you're still in school, you're not 27. You're, your brain won't be physically fully developed until yeah. 27. And you know all this stuff. She doesn't, no matter how brilliant you are, just don't know what he knows. Yep. Yeah. And the temptation is always to say, oh, yeah, I made that mistake. Don't do that. And what do you hear when someone says that to you? So don't act that way yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> stupid. you know what I mean how how do you navigate when when she has these issues that are very real issues yeah affecting her life affecting her health and you you're on hopefully on the other side of them yep. I mean some of these can be lifelong mm-hmm. and how do you respect her but still say, Hey, you know maybe we need to investigate this deep. Yeah. Um. I
4: th- I think there's a, a few things that help. I think one because me and me and her mom, my wife, we we have a good relationship. I mean, some days we hate each other, but I think for the most part, we we parent pretty good and we partner pretty well, and we both had a thought of what was going on. But when it comes to something like this, when you get to that point, the health issues start to overtake. The The fruit is the health issues. The root is the anorexia. So you start to look at the fruit and you're like, I need to address this. So that's why all the doctor visits took place. But then I think for me, when I realized... And probably my wife, it, it was the day or two before that doctor visit, she's talking about you were an emotional family, and we were a touchy family, we're hands-on, and when you go to touch or hug your daughter and gosh, I
3: knew it was <laughs> yeah, she's we uh, like her body is
4: cold, Yeah, and there's no meat there, like it's bones. And I remember she was laying in uh, our bed because she'd went upstairs. And I don't know what I said, but I was angry about it. And she got angry and she ended up going downstairs. And I remember thinking, we we have to intervene. And just it doesn't matter if she's mad or not. And so after that doctor visit and what the doctor said, her mother and I were like, you have two choices. Talk to us now or go get a bag. And we're going to the hospital. And we'll hook you up to a feeding tube right now. We ain't going to wait. We can, we can go. And that's when she started to talk. And I think as a parent, that's where you have to lean back and be like, I have, if I asked her to open up, you got to listen. I have to listen. Yep. And I can't, that's what's going to be productive. I can't be mad. I can't judge it. I can't fix it because I'm not smart enough to, but I have to parent that and create a safe place again and build connection so we can go to the doctors and we can get medicine and we can. And I still like, I have to watch myself because she might have a day where she's not hungry or she don't feel good and she won't eat. And then I'll be like, you didn't eat today. And, and I have to be like, I can't do that. I've got to chill out. You know, she's healthy, but it, it's, it takes all that you can't. I don't, we couldn't have done it without, having each other having god centered in our life and our faith i think it just i don't think there's just one right answer i think it's two or three or four things for us
0: yeah so mckinley worked.
4: You, you always had a musical
0: ability right you said you yeah. you guys are a musical family that that was always there but you had never really performed yeah right so tell me tell me more about the family side and how how that came about.
3: So, um, my great grandpa, um, his name, uh, is Thomas Fletcher. Um, he was a musician and, um, he had a local band. Ooh. He had a local band and he also, um, played bass for, uh, Conway Twitty and Dottie West and Loretta Lynn and, um, traveled with these people and did a lot, um, in Tennessee and in Nashville. And, um, he had to give it all up. Um, because he had 13 kids at home. So, um, now, now all those 13 kids have kids that have kids. So I have this great big family and I'd say over half of us can sing in our musical in some way. Um, and, uh, he sadly, uh, passed away a few years ago, but, um, I grew up just around music always. So every family get together it was like a huge concert and, um, he was always singing. He always had his rec- old records playing. He, um, it was just always music. Always, no matter what.
0: So I told you I would tell my great-grandfather's story. My my great-grandfather was a guy named Dwayne Amon, who was a drummer in my family's from New York State. So he was Manhattan in the 20s and early 30s. Oh, wow. Uh, and he was Sammy Davis' drummer. No way! Yeah. Nice. But nice. I have, and my dad drummed as well. And I have, I, I like, lyrics I get completely. can't sing at all. None of that. But I the, the one little bit of music music I have is I do I can tell you the lyrics to any 90, 90s country song inside out the entire thing got that but no musical ability at all
3: <laughs> but yeah you, you
0: mentioned your great grandfather like I got to tell her that that was the, that that's was the, awesome. our our family yeah. side yeah so yeah yeah that's he, awesome. he, it runs deep
3: yes yes very deep um, and even on, on his side like um, so my great my great grandpa is my mom's grandpa so that's all on my mom's side. And um, like, he is very musical. He can play absolutely any instrument he picks up. Maybe not the best, but he can play literally any instrument. And um, other people on your, your side of the family sing too, correct?
0: Is he decent with the guitar though?
3: Oh Oh, yeah. I'd have to say. <laughs> I'd have to say he's all right.
0: All right. So we're going to try to do something in here that we've never done. And that is a live musical performance.
3: All right.
0: Um, Mike, if you want to grab your guitar yep. and we are going to do our very best. And I, once again, I do know, I understand that the live stream audio is questionable. Zach has been efforting wildly over there. Don't know if we've been proved anything or not. Zach knows how
1: to run a compressor, but if, no.
0: but if not, the, uh, the best version of this will be on Spotify, iTunes. And and then Dakota says that he might go back and take the audio from
1: the podcast, lay it over the video, and then we'll re we could re release the video with the,
0: the non live stream with the version. better audio. Yeah, I'm right. not, that may look game, like it's some sort of a Japanese movie, but we'll try it.
1: That would be amazing. <laughs> he needs to do it on like a quarter second delay,
0: so it looks like it's badly dubbed. The good news is that we do record this a couple different ways, so we'll we'll try to see how it how it shakes out. All right.
3: And I also this also might get loud, so whenever I get louder do I need to back away a little uh, bit? I don't know. So I'm not like I mean I won't be screaming, but slightly, slightly but I'll, I'll try to. has Zach,
0: got some options over there and Bash can pull the microphone away if we need to. Right.
2: Is is there any kind of compression on these mics?
1: There's some yeah, they're going through a bit of a limiter but little, little, little but little but, limiter. but to to what extent don't ask me. Okay. Not been trained yet.
2: So pull it back a little bit. Okay. All right.
1: You, you, Bash might be more. Yes, former band guy. He might be.
2: I'm, I'm still on iTunes.
1: <laughs> SoundCloud
0: <laughs> rapper Bash Kreider.
2: Yeah. Years ago, my band. <laughs>
1: have
3: to work over there.
1: Before she was born.
0: <laughs> we might be better, better suited to go low here, as low as we. I don't know. I'm I'm going to try to not help.
3: <laughs> what if I do this?
0: There we go. Mm-hmm. Hey, that please, sounds good.
3: Please don't mess up. Yes. I believe in you.
0: High pressure on Mike over there.
3: Jeez. Thanks. I'm just going to pray right now that the
0: family I dynamics up. amazing. <laughs> don't embarrass me on local cable access. Dude, <laughs> the man played on ABC a week ago. Don't embarrass me in front of my hometown crowd, for God's sake.
4: Well, I can do it in front of the line,
3: though. I think I can handle
4: this. All right. So, uh, I might need to
3: take It'll this. To be song fair, you didn't play this song in front of mine. <laughs> not this one. Fredley
4: did. Fredley did this
0: he's I will be playing Lionel Richie for this role.
3: So this is this is actually the song that I sang um Actually
0: got so nervous he left.
3: This is actually um, the song that I sang for um, my first round in Hollywood Week that did not get aired. Unfortunately. But in my personal opinion it was pretty good so I'm going to sing it. All right. be sitting when the evening comes watching the ships in. then i watch them roll away again i'm gonna sit on the dark of the bay Watching the tide Roll away I'm gonna sit On the dock of the bay Wasting time I left my home in Georgia Headed for the Frisco Bay Cause I've got nothing On the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away, I'm going to sit on the dock of the bay, wasting time.
0: That's awesome.
3: Thank you. Thank you. For a
0: live performance in a place we've never done that before. That was spectacular. Thank
3: you. Great job. Very
0: beautiful. And Otis Redding? Is that right?
3: Yes, yes. And
0: yes. deep, you knew that, didn't you, Dash? Oh, I, of I know all of Otis's songs. There you go, covered by Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah. By the way, I've go got that, I've got it, that rolling it. around too. I
3: well, to I actually that. sang the Sarah Borellis version, but that's all right.
0: Jim. Yes, well, I mean, there's there's many, 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 many versions. Great, great song. All right, so that was one of your Hollywood songs that didn't make it. Yes, <sighs> that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's awesome though. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Bash, you've got some questions. Uh, Audrey, uh, Audrey Davis had put out a feeler and said, "Hey, do you all do, do, do. You, do you as an audience have questions for McKinley?" So we we said you'd have a chance to get them a- asked or answered here. Questions from the public.
2: Are you ready? These were submitted earlier. Yeah, here they come from Sarah Morrill. Never heard of her. Yeah, mystery woman. Uh, who is your favorite to be the? To be crowned this
3: season. Ooh. <laughs> this is hard. Well, it's like
2: handicapping. Wait a minute. For, actually, first of all, do you secretly already know who is crowned this season? No.
3: No, 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 it's no, no it's already go. I
2: think so, now at this point it gets ready to go real live, So right? we, we, we have surpassed your experience. Yes. Okay.
3: Yes. So Hawaii is... Um, filmed beforehand but it is live voting. Okay. So um it's already been filmed um but while you're watching it you will be able to vote and the people who are in the top 24 as of now or top 26. Gotcha. As of now um don't know if
2: Hey, you know what? Uh, why don't you give us two answers to this? Okay. One who is your favorite, two if you met anyone who is still in the running who, who do you feel the most strongly about on a personal level?
3: Um, so, yeah, this is actually... Strongly um,
4: in a good way or a bad way? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> who really so, pissed you off? Yeah, I, 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 I will feel leave like that that's to you. That's best not to share. <laughs>
3: that
4: would be un-American to say.
3: <laughs> okay, Dad. You're taking it too far now. Pun intended. Anyway. Um, oh, that's
4: good. So, I like that pun.
3: So, um... I actually, so in Nashville, um, I made a lot, a lot of close friends. Like, um, I, I mean, I don't want to say I don't think other seasons of American Idol have been like this, but I haven't seen anything like on American Idol where people get as close as they have this season.
0: Um, it had to make it really easy, too, when you looked at them and they all looked the same all week. Yeah, because they don't change clothes.
3: Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, so you know like, what your friends look like. You I got nailed. it nailed. I know, like I know yeah. your name. You get because close of to your, when your outfit.
0: You got that Slayer T-shirt on all yeah. week. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but um, so everyone in Nashville got really close, and in fact, I got close to so many people that we actually all last week rented an Airbnb in Nashville and stayed together um, cool. because we are genuinely all like a huge family. Um, so I do have, um, a few close friends that are, um, still in the competition. Um, Oliver Steele is one of them. Dude, he's so amazing. He's so good. He's oh like my, my big gosh. brother. Um, I talk to him probably every day. Um, and then, uh, Haven Madison. I also talk to her every day of my life. She's one of my closest friends, um, in the entire world and I love her to death and she's insanely talented and she is still in it. And so is Oliver. Um, uh, Tyson, um, he is from Canada, um, but he's also incredible. He's six, he's 16, I think. I want to say he's 16, 17. Um, Haven's 16 and Oliver's 24. I, yeah, 24. He's
0: 24. There is an age criteria, right? 29. 29. Yeah, 29. All right.
3: Um, and I think the, the, the Taylor Hicks rule. Yeah, the, I think it's 15. To, <laughs> I want to say it's 15 to 29, but I, I'm not really sure. Um, uh, Paige Ann is amazing as well. Um, there's, there's a lot, um, this, there's, um, a girl named Hannah, um, Eliason, um there, there's so many.
4: So um, like 26 of them.
3: Yeah. So like all 26, <laughs> I want to win basically.
4: I yeah. would pick Oliver or Ian. E.
3: Yeah. I love Ian. E. Ian's e. great. I talked to Ian e. too. I love him.
4: He's the Hawaiian um, guy. Yeah.
3: He's the Hawaiian guy that, um, Homeschool he, Advantage blew, for this he part. blew up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, but he's so, he's, he's incredible. Um, But I have a lot of people on the show that I'm close to still. Um, And it's, I'm, I'm so happy for all of them and I I can't wait to see who wins. I'm Mm -hmm. so excited. I think I'll be fine anyway, because as you know, now that I'm close to probably every single one of them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that that was a part of the healing process?
3: Uh, Yeah, I, I 100%. It's so obviously uh, we're in Newcastle and it's, Definitely not a town known for music. And um, I mean, if you sing here, you're probably the best of the best here. Um, so and nobody's really nobody's really into music here. I mean, if they are, it's just it's not very known. Um, so, I mean, I have been into it my whole life and um, I've like grew up being made fun of for singing and doing music. And so when you're with all these people, um, like one hundred and thirty people.
0: Um, Like-minded, yes, like a, who have
3: gone through similar experiences have have been made fun of for um, music or whatever things they like and things that they um, like they've just gone through similar experiences. So it's like an immediate bond. And when you're when you're when you're all together in an, an environment that is the hot, like the be, one of the best times in your life, but it's also one of the most stressful and lowest times. Like you have to lean on each other. So it's like everybody just immediately opened up and became family. And that's why we all just went on vacation together last week. So
4: that's awesome. It was interesting since, cause I'm a sports guy and you, you think everything's going to be so competitive. It was competitive, but like so inviting at yeah. the same time. So they go and they're in the room to practice and meet and talk. And they're, I want to hear you. I want to hear That's great. What can you sing? What can you do?
3: Like and everyone was, was genuinely interested. Becomes and like collaborative. Genuinely cared. Yes. Yeah. Your
4: well, you're If simu- simu-
2: mm-hmm. I can yeah. get words out. You're simultaneously each other's competition, but you're also each other's therapy. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you would not be here were it not for your talent. And they are the people who recognize having this amount of talent while stuck in yeah. real life and all of the BS that. Yeah injures you. I
3: mean, I think we all got so caught up in each other like we 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 all like genuinely forgot that it was a competition. Like I there were some people who made it a competition and wanted it to be a competition and stayed on their own. And that was fine and that was that was for them. Um but I feel like most of us all got so close that like when it came time for people to go home it was like such a shock like we like we almost forgot like what we were doing cuz like cuz it 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 was so much fun and it was so stressful but like we just all it was it was just this whole big family thing and it was just not competitive. You
0: enjoy the ride, yeah. When it comes, it, whenever yes. it ends, it ends, right? Yeah. All right, so Bash, what else you got in the 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 book okay. of questions over here? What else we've
2: got? So this is from Lisa Lynn Oling. Uh, That's
3: my grandma. <laughs>
2: oh, there we go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you
2: don't have to answer that question. And she was clearly impressed because she wants to know when can we expect a song or two?
3: Oh, so she knows the answer to this, but she wants everybody else to know yes. the answer to this. Um, so actually, um, I'm working on my original song, Bad Tattoo. Um, it is in the process of... Um, it's been recorded. Um, it's in the process of you know making it... Being
4: mastered? Down. Yeah,
3: being mastered.
4: Right, Aaron. That's the word for it. Look
3: at that! We're professionals yeah. uh-huh. now.
0: Well. Yeah. So it yeah. will, uh, as the kids say, drop soon.
3: It will drop soon, All
0: and right.
4: a video,
3: and a music video
4: with the song.
3: With nice. the song,
0: spectacular. Yeah.
3: So very soon. If you need to
0: borrow Zach for any of your audio engineering, he 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 works in AM. He knows how compressors work. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly, not after tonight.
3: (laughs) We'll
2: we'll we'll hear it later and find out.
3: And and not only um, bad tattoo, but uh, he mentioned I think Songhouse earlier. But I do um, I work a lot with Songhouse, um, which is a um, right essentially like a writing camp almost it's it's just that somebody's house like it's a loft and we all go in and um we get a track and we get a theme and we split up into groups and we go right and we all come out and we all have completely different songs but uh we record and they'll get posted and if they blow up we get to release a song or or we'll be asked to and i mean we get the choice if we want to or not but um so i had a song that um i actually have two songs that are on song on Songhouse right now and there will definitely be more posted but um there and then, there's one that I'm writing just one on one with um, some of the people from Songhouse, uh, so that will also be released soon too.
4: You're allowed to talk about that if you want. What? Who you're writing with?
3: Oh, okay. So um, I am. I wrote um, my original song. It is called "In My Room." It's nowhere yet. Nobody, nobody has heard it. So it's not stay, finished. So stay tuned. It's not finished. Um, but should be soon. Um, I am writing it with Dennis Cook, Tyler Ward and um Emmy Russell I think is her last name Ro-
4: Emmy Rose Emmy Rose
3: is what she goes by um but I the Songhouse community um along with um the Idol community became becoming family the Songhouse community did as well and I walked in and was very very welcomed and I'm very blessed for the opportunity to work with them because some people wait years to be able, like you have to sign contracts and um Tyler actually um was a guest at the showstoppers show um and uh wrote some of the names down like um of people that he was interested in and wanted to come and sing and whatever not taking people from idol just wanted to help promote everybody else and um so uh he wrote my name down and he simply dm'd me on instagram and was like hey do you want to come and I I I had no idea what Songhouse was I just didn't and I love music. A lot of people do know what it is, but I I didn't and um I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until um I got there. And so I just really am blessed to have the opportunity to um work with uh the people that I'm working with and um Emmy Rose um it's really funny how um the connection that we have cuz so her grandma is Loretta Lynn and my great grandpa played Play with, with her, her grandma so mm-hmm. um And we've also been through very similar, um, we have a very similar story. And so writing a song with her and Tyler and Dennis, it's just, it'll be out soon. And it's just an amazing experience. So
0: there's three, maybe four major music cities in in the U.S. There's Austin, Los Angeles, Nashville, Mm -hmm. maybe throw in Memphis or, or Detroit. Yeah. Is the Nashville route kind of what y'all are targeting at this point?
3: Um yes. the not y- yes, uh 100%. Um and
0: just by looking at your dad's boots, I assume that's yeah. That's that's what we're trying to do.
3: So, um even before I was into music, I've always wanted to live in Tennessee. We have really good um friends in um
4: Knoxville. Some,
3: yeah, in Knoxville. Um that are also like family. So we always spend Thanksgiving up there, and um, which Knoxville is like two hours away down from there. Nashville. <laughs> Sorry. One always, more year in school. Listen, she just, just a sang a
0: song from Otis Redding about living down in Georgia. Up there is is Tennessee. Well, <laughs> That's the way
3: it goes. Side note. She internalized note,
0: that song. Side no. note.
3: Somebody the other day asked me where I was from, and I was like, oh, I, I live in Indiana. And they were like what state is that in? (laughs) And that is the response I got. And I was like, Pennsylvania. So I, and they were way older than me and way out of school. So I just want to say, I'm not the only one who is not good at geography.
2: (laughs) That's true. I have a buddy in Nashville right now. Chase, Wright, And he's killing it.
3: Wow. Yeah. You gotta go
2: talk to chase. Get down there.
3: Nashville is the place. Nashville is the place for sure. And um, so a lot of the friends that I went with on vacation last week, um, one of them lives in Nashville, but there were like seven or eight of us and um, that are probably the closest. And we like on all, and on our drives home, we all drove separately. Ones from Virginia, one's from Tampa, Florida, one's in Atlanta, one's in Michigan. So we're all from different places and all on our drive home. We all are like, we're just like texting each other. and We're like, man, we need to move there. Mm -hmm. So, we've all deliberately made a plan that we are moving there this year.
4: That's spectacular. So It it should probably be said we didn't send you by
3: yourself. Oh, yeah. I was not sent by myself.
0: (laughs) They got her a a full tank of gas, a fake ID, and said, enjoy Broadway, kid.
3: (laughs) So, that is not exactly what happened. Um, My parents did stay in a hotel, and I did spend a lot of time with them, but I... So, no, I was not alone and unsupervised
0: any more questions mr Bash that, uh, that you find that you deem worthy of asking I do I've got two more one that was
2: submitted I do have a personal question have you written have you personally written the song that broke your own heart yet I mean at some point because you've you've been through a lot obviously it takes emotion to like put out the kind of performances that you do. Yeah. Have you written the song that shatters you and you alone yet?
3: Um, I would say I'm somewhat in the process of putting it all together. Okay,
2: cool. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, That's and then nice the, the last question is from Lucy Lynn pink and it this is one's not my grandma. Okay.
0: <laughs> not a grandma. This is, this is a, Verified third-party question. Yes. <laughs>
2: Here we go. Why do some people not get as much
1: airtime?
3: That's um, a good question. So, yeah, that is a good question. Or maybe
2: answer that either as why do some people not get as much or how did you manage to get the airtime that you got?
3: So a part of the reason that I managed to get the airtime that I got. Um, so Katie, Luke, and Lionel do get a decision and like, Somewhat of a decision of sending you to Hollywood, but a lot of production and network makes the decisions based off of TV. Um, so I, um, I got airtime because not only did, um, I think my story was, um, very touching and needed to be shared, and I think network and production knew that, um, and Production also loved me and my family, um, which helps a lot. Like it's, it's one thing if um, you get aired and you're mean to production and you (laughs) are horrible and whatever. But um, I would imagine, but production, like when I got cut and I was not in the top 26, I, I wasn't crying. And then I walk out and I'm so there's, there's this guy and he's like, Holding the paper, he's one of the highest producers. And he's holding the paper, like checking you yes or no, if you made it. And I walk out and he's like, All right, you made it, right? And I was like, No. And he looked at me and he was like, You're joking. It's like, No. And he was like, Wow. He's like, That's the biggest shock of the day. And so I and I keep walking. I was like, Wow, okay. And he, he gave me a hug and whatever. And I go down and I'm supposed to be doing an interview. And one of my favorite, um one of my favorite producers is just bawling her eyes out. And I wasn't even crying, and I was like, "Okay, really? Now, now I'm gonna cry. Now that you're crying, I'm gonna." <laughs> You've cry. You've
0: crushed their souls I know. by not moving I'm like, on.
3: I'm like, guys, come on! I, I'm, I might try. So Idol, next you just year, but we'll blasted
0: see through, Katie, Lionel, and Luke at a thousand miles an hour. What was it like meeting Katy Perry, Luke Bryan, and Lionel Richie?
3: So, um I grew up listening to Katy Perry, and um so like I would perform roar in my living room like and have a dance routine for my mom and dad and be like dad mom watch me watch this and
4: and um, i grew up listening to Lionel And he grew up listening to Lionel <laughs>
3: dancing on the ceiling and
4: um <laughs> Are you done? Focus. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you they'll never off, have dad. this back.
1: Well, I just thought of the fact she's too old to even know who Nicole Richie is.
4: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nicole, yes. that's
1: before her time. And even Paris Hilton. Yeah, yeah. I know
3: <laughs> who Paris Hilton is.
0: Uh, yeah, but you really, who's her dad?
3: Just I don't know. <laughs>
0: Nicole, who wait, who is her grandpa Paris? was Conrad, he was in <laughs> Mad Men. Duh. Okay, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Back to her story.
3: <laughs> I just come, I just don't know my train of thought anymore. Um
0: Katie Perry. Yeah, dancing. okay, so
3: Katie Perry. Performing
2: uh, for these impressing yes. these people who were previously your idols.
3: So um I since you have so many days before your actual audition, I had a lot of time. You have they give you a lot of time to work your nerves down. So when you get there, it's very high energy and you're very nervous and you're very excited and it's so overwhelming. But the days go by and there comes a point where you're just like, Oh, come on, just get me in the room so I can just get out. <laughs> like I'm I'm done waiting. And so by the time you're already there, it's like it's like, okay, whatever, I'm gonna go sing for these people. Um but but going in, um, it it still really is cool. But when when you have a moment to realize like when you talk to them for um when you actually have a conversation with them, you realize that they're actually people and they all had to start somewhere just like I am like,
0: well, and, and Katie Perry tells you, yeah, you're going top 24. Like she's enthusiastic. Yeah. That's just amazing. That, that part is just, then what that line personal connection you. is amazing. So,
3: so, so what got cut out of my, um, audition? Cause obviously, cause you're actually in the audition room with them. Um, it depends, but we were probably in there 15, 20 minutes, like just it, it talking was, to them. Longer and, now. Um, mm-hmm. but, we were in there. Uh, yeah. So after Katie gets up, so what they didn't show is Katie's actually like was bawling when she, like when like, a lot of them, I think, I think all three of them were crying, um, whenever I got done singing. And so Katie stands up and is like yelling at me and she's like, I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, whatever. And Lionel is giving an advice to me and my dad. And, um, Katie stands up and is like, you're going to be top 24. And Lionel stands up and they cut it and in, in the, he actually does stand up. He's like, I'm going to stand up for this one and you're going to Hollywood. But he actually said, I'm standing up for this one. Cause I disagree with you, Katie. She's going top 10. Well, I'm here and I didn't, go top <laughs> 10, but, but he did say that. And Lionel, um, actually said to me, he was like, he was like, out of all the years I've been doing this and I've been doing this for a long time. I wish to this day that I could perform the way that you just did for us. That's amazing. So that was,
4: it was, that was big. It was interesting cuz as the healing process what she was more concerned with was meeting the people and being nervous about that than she was going in front of TVs or producers yeah. or in front mm. of them to sing she's like that's nothing. Yeah, that's so That's a good
2: question when they're one on one. Yeah, when you have you've got an empty lens. Use your mic, Greg. <laughs> You when you have an empty, you've got an empty lens that is presumably speaking to tens or millions or billions or some number that you can't imagine, and then you just also here like tonight. Yeah, I mean honestly, just, <laughs> just like this, you're talking to us, but uh, maybe there's a a guy or a hundred people watching, and then there is also Lionel Richie, yeah, who is. Twenty feet from you, yeah. who do you perform for? And and how does that interplay work? I mean, do you even think about the lens? Or are you focused on oh my god, I'm singing to Katy Perry. Or are
0: you just praying your guitar player yeah. doesn't mess up?
3: Oh, or, or is, No, actually, I think I said that to him right before we went in. I was like, don't mess up. <laughs> and we walk in the door. Because you. you do. There are stories where people go in and their accompanist Accidentally, like, um does something wrong and messes up a little bit, and it throws them totally off track. So I that's that was probably the part I was most nervous about. I was like, don't mess up,
2: because <laughs> it will throw. Hey, me. let's come back to that because I really appreciated both of your emotion. But but let's hit that as a second topic. All right? Who did you who did did you play for Katy Perry and Lionel Richie, or did you play for a billion people that I don't know?
3: Um, I feel like.
4: There's more than one camera in the room. Yeah. Okay. So there's probably like 15 cameras all the well, way Well, that here. probably helps to ground the fact yep. that
2: that is a billion people. But even still, those are, I mean, they're black lenses with like a little yep. glare yeah. on them. I th- versus your three of your heroes yeah. are sitting right in front of you.
3: I think really um, after I the fact that I realized... Um, Katie, Luke and Lionel were just people since that just wasn't a big deal okay. um, to be performing in front of them. I think it was more um, I wanted to um, prove to myself that I could do it and sing for myself because it's what I want to do. And I also just wanted to not only share my story with the world, but share it with um, share my voice with the world. Um, so I wasn't really thinking about the number. Um, I was just really hoping and singing, um, for whether it was one person, whether it was 20, whether it was a million people, um, however many it was, um, that my story would, um, help them and, um, I could prove to, um, a little girl or a little boy or whoever out there, um, that's struggling with something that I struggled with, um, that they can still accomplish their dreams because I was at my lowest, lowest point. And was almost, I was, I was dying and um, I made it out of there and now I'm here and I was just on American Idol. So I just, I think I just wanted to prove that you can make it out of whatever dark place that you are in to whoever.
4: I think what might help answer that too is because we've done so much together and you play and you sing together so much, like even if it's just at church or at home, there is a connection there. So there was a lot of times we would just look at each other and you would, as, as a musician, which I know that you are, you get lost in the moment. There's like, there's nobody there anyway. But yeah, if, if you have the connection, if you're just not just some basic guitar player playing for somebody you don't know, it's different. But when you're with somebody and there's a connection, you just like, at some point, it just kind of all fades away. And for a couple moments, you're like, this is pretty freaking cool. Yeah, My, that help?
2: I I saw you in tears preparing for this. I got to I saw the video. It was really incredible on Thank both you. of your parts. When the performance began, did you remember that there were a billion people watching and that Lionel Richie or Katy Perry or Luke Bryant were watching or were you just performing?
4: from my standpoint, I was just performing with her.
2: So, I, I kind of figured. And, and you, as I watched it.
4: And I honestly,
3: kinda... I think that's kind of what I was like trying to get to. It wasn't so like, yes, I do want to share my story and my voice, but, but when I was performing, it was almost like nothing else really yeah. was there. You know,
2: that's probably about the best kind of performance. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Whether man. that's for
0: a trillion people or none at all.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Very good. That's I, awesome. I know big things are coming. This is this is not the end of the story by any means yeah. at all. Um, I, w- this is the part of the show where we normally, we call it final thoughts. We go around the room. We f- make sure we clean up anything we forgot, anything we have to promote. I think you guys have a lot to promote. Uh, so we'll start with you, Mike, and we'll work our, work our way around the room. Okay.
4: Um, final thoughts would be, as parents and as a dad, uh, it's... A lot of fun to just be part of the journey. Um, I've been telling a lot of people, you hear them say, it's great that she's following her dream. And at this point, it's she's not following her dream. She's caught it and it, you start to run with it. So as a family, we are running with her and just trying to figure out day by day. We've got local gigs coming up. We're going to other states, New York. We go to Kentucky. Uh, we'll be performing Saturday night. <clears throat> Go to Nashville and we're just trying to figure out how to keep the momentum going and do it as a family and not screw up my other three kids in the process. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That is awesome. I'm excited to watch the watch the journey for you guys. And I know the whole whole Henry County and the Newcastle community is gonna be behind you.
3: Show your boots.
0: I already (laughs) did. Oh you did. (laughs) Mr. Zach, what you got anything for us? No, th-
1: thanks for bringing, like, th- uh, for being a positive thing coming out of Newcastle. I know everybody kind of jokes, like when your town makes the news for not great reasons and it's awesome when it comes up and it's a good reason and it's an honest reason. Like, um, I hope you didn't get any f- flack from telling a story that was true, but not necessarily like nobody's childhoods are great. And there's always some stuff you went through a lot more than like I did or a lot of people do. But, um, it's great to share that because people do need to understand that that stuff's going on and there's, um, and I know there's like a thing that's out there for some youth that have called like, it's a, it, it's get, it gets better project. It's a thing to tell people it will get better. Just like try and tough it out. And so, um, any kind of positive news we can get from Newcastle and positive representations of the people in this town is awesome to have. So thanks for that.
4: Yeah. Very good. Can I add to that real quick? What I love too is is again, Newcastle's known for when from the good stuff it's all sports. And I love sports. I'm a sports guy. But I can't think of the arts, somebody who's done something with the arts or music or song that's done something like this. So for me, like I'm like, that is so cool for all these kids who aren't sports kids, who are like I can play an instrument. I can write a song. Maybe I can be an artist.
3: Who have wanted to step out but haven't felt like they've been able to. Absolutely.
4: Well, in the
0: the amazing thing is that with the technology we have now, you know, your first you did five Zoom interviews, right? Yeah. You can achieve this dream from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, and and the magical thing is that Newcastle, Indiana, is a short four and a half hour drive to Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. You're four hours from Detroit, right? You can get to a lot of the hotbeds. And still live your life here and mm-hmm. still, and not have to make that complete and total commitment of moving the entire family and the entire life to Nashville. Yeah. You can still live in Newcastle, live your life and, and be running this parallel, parallel cycle to, mm-hmm. to make it happen. Yeah. Um, the, on the other side, Zach and I come from the motorsports world. The, the car champion, Joseph Newgardens from Nashville, Tennessee, and he would come to Newcastle, Indiana to race go karts and, learn how to race go karts. And yeah. he did that right here. Same thing you guys are doing, but they would run I-65 the other direction. Yeah. And they did that for four years and now he's, uh, now he's racing for Roger Penske and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna run the long beach grand prix and have a, probably be the favorite to win. So, uh, you can, you can make that Newcastle to to Nashville drive and do just fine. Yeah. Uh, what else do we need to know? Anything, what you got, you got live performances. What, where can people catch you? Anything um, that you can announce yet?
3: So, uh, like I said, bad tattoo is coming soon. So, um my Instagram is McKinley B and my TikTok is McKinley Brown. Um, but on those platforms is platforms is where I will be announcing um further things and um things about Songhouse and um also follow Songhouse um on Instagram and on TikTok. Um because uh whether or not you see me, the people on there, the talent is just amazing and it's just a really cool thing to um Watch and like see happen. Um, so songhouse is probably the biggest thing that I'm, um, I'm working in right now. Um, and I just enjoy it so much. Um, and also, um, lastly, I do just want to say thank you, um, for all the support and the love and the encouragement that I've had, um, even from you guys just today. Um, so, uh, I just feel like I just needed to, um, show my thanks and let you guys know that it really does mean a lot more than you know. Yeah. So that's wonderful.
0: We're excited to hear it. bash. You got anything?
2: I mean, I would just amplify everything that's been said so far. I, I really appreciate you guys doing what you're doing. Uh, y- you know, like I kind of, as Zach said, and then Mike amplified and I would just amplify it again. Um, it is impressive that you are doing this representing Newcastle. Yeah. But also at people with struggles. I mean, I, I think that's one of the the hardest things for people as we grow up, because everyone has been through some kind of trauma. Yeah. Does not matter what, we've all been through something. And to to see someone <clears throat> not just succeeding and not just taking credit for it, but to specifically be broadcasting hey here's what i've been through here's what i overcame here's what i'm still struggling with. yeah i think that's that might be the most important message Mm -hmm. that can get out right now yeah and and i think that is it shouldn't be brave but it is yeah it's immensely brave thank you and i just i hope that you are just the spark at the beginning of the daisy chain. Yeah. You know, and then an entire generation is just going to say, "Okay, yeah. So, th- here's what was lacking and here's what I did about it, just like you did." Yeah. That I mean, that to me is is it it's beyond impressive. It's Thank it's you. literally the seeds that will like produce something. Yeah. Yep. Gen- generations to come will be grateful. That somebody stood up and said, Hey, you know what? Middle school's all screwed up and you know, here's my life's values. And this is the BS that hit me in middle school and I got hurt this way. And you come out the other side. Yeah. 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 And then I came back to my life's values and Mm -hmm. here's, here's why I am who I am. Yeah. Like I, I went through it. I can't think anybody who didn't go through it. I I'm, I'm impressed with everything you're doing. I'm especially impressed with that.
3: Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah,
0: Thank you for being so open with us and sharing, yeah, sharing your story. It's awesome. I, I, I know that you felt the warmth from us, but I, you have done such a, your story has brought our community together in a way that we haven't done in a little while. Yeah, uh, This show has existed for six years and we've had a lot of interpersonal fighting uh, about a lot of different issues in the community. But the this this week or two weeks, the, you know, in your American Idol run as it's been airing, has has been spectacular, and I think the entire town's been behind you, and you've you've helped to unite the community. So yeah.
3: thank you for you that. We so say
0: thank you. So uh, you know, it's 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 great that uh, that you're here and you hang out with the plucky guys down here at Boss Hog. <laughs> um, w- with that, we say thank you for being a part of the show this week. We will be back next week. Uh, Going to continue our, lo- our local business series. Uh, ben Ham from the Press Coffee Shop. Oh. is going to be oh. here uh, next week. Look at that. I'm representing Dakota? Dakota? Actually. i will
2: show up for that. And, uh, <laughs> I drink on, all those coffees.
0: Uh, probably around 3 o'clock on the 20th, Dakota will tell Bash that he needs to be here, too.
2: <laughs> I'm excited to interview Ben also. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.